I am so excited about today. Um, it's a new year's. I, I, I don't really know how to describe it, but I am expecting God to do some very cool stuff around here. I really do. And I love to get off to this start. Thank you, Hector, for the music this morning. I tell you that uh, every time I hear or I sing that doxology, and back there while you guys were playing it, I'm just singing, you know, and having my own little whatever I was doing, you know. And uh, when I was a little boy, I grew up in a church in North Kingstown, Rhode Island, and then we moved back to my hometown, Daytona Beach, Florida. And I was at First Baptist Church in Daytona Beach, the same church Hector attended. And you came to Christ there, right? Yeah. And um, every, every morning, Sunday morning, I heard the doxology. And when I heard it, what it said to me as a kid was, hey, it's time to go to church. It's time to get serious. It was usually the time where mom reached over and pinched me and said, stop it. You know, it's, it's church time, you know. And mom had this unique way of letting you know that it was Jesus time, you know. But it always happened after the doxology. And uh, it's because of the, the lyrics in this song and all that they mean, because in, in the midst of a crazy life, the doxology starts off with these words, praise God from whom all blessings flow. It is this picture that when we sing this praise, and it's been around for decades and decades and decades, it's been around centuries, and it's this thought that I love, Hector, about the worship here at Sugar Hill Church in that it is, it is coming into his house, a house of prayer, and saying to a God who has created and sustains this universe that you deserve more praise than I can deliver humanly, that you are a good and a gracious God from whom all blessings flow. And so we sing that. We sing it in the, in the sense of, Lord, I want you to hear my heart. I've come to your house to offer all the worship and all the praise I have. So thank you for doing that. It, it, it blesses me. I want to ask our team to come up and take up our offering now. And while they're doing that, I want to remind you that on your way in today, you received a, uh, a bulletin that looks like this. And uh, I want to encourage you. We've, we've changed the inside of this where we've got uh, kind of the... the what's coming up soonest. I love the look of our new bulletin. Will you do me a favor, take these home, and then you don't have to always uh, open up that, the, the app and wonder what's going on. You can just take these, put a magnet on your fridge, uh, especially the notes about Path Project and over here about Backpack Projects. When we finish a Christmas season, it's like we all stop and catch our breath in January, but those backpacks and the Path Project keeps going. And so we need both volunteers and funds to be able to have that happen, so thank you. And then also you receive this uh, flyer early this year because many of our groups will start earlier. We've got 47 or 8 groups for adults that will launch this semester. Uh, some of them meet on Sunday mornings and some of them meet uh, in homes or at church or in other places around uh, the week. It happen in the evenings. And so take a look at these. And there are a lot of new offerings that are different and unique. I think you'll love those. And then uh, I had a lot of folks ask me about this, this mug. It's my favorite mug now. And it's at our store. So just, would you buy all these mugs today? Because I've got a whole new design in my head, and I really want to buy some more mugs. So buy all those. And if you're wondering how much they are, I have no idea. But I know they're for sale. So just buy them. Hey, can I tell you something that's really cool? Yeah, I'll do that after we pray. As you give, give generously, give joyfully. You have done that so well. And the work continues, and so many people are blessed. Thank you through your generosity. 
Lord, thank you that we get to return to you some of what you've already given to us. Thank you, Lord, that uh, folks have already given online and through the app. For folks that are about to give, thank you. For folks watching online, Lord, just would you speak into their heart today? God, thank you that uh, the work that we're privileged to be a part of is kingdom work. Lord, keep our heart soft and keep our mind focused on you in this new year. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And while these folks are passing baskets, over the past uh, end of the year, we were, uh, we were struggling a little bit. We had, Bobby came into my office with about eight weeks left in the year, and he said, man, we really have to hit like $660,000 in, in these last few weeks. And we hit that, and man, we're, we're in great shape going into 2018. And I got to be honest with you, when I heard that, that number, I mean, like my heart sank a little bit, actually a lot. And, um, you know, sometimes uh, I bet I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit like some of y'all with personal finances. When you know things are tight, it's just everything's just a little antsy in you. You know what I mean? I was kind of that way with our church. And I kept thinking, my stars, there's no possible way that can happen. And so we, we didn't hit our goal. Uh, but you did exceed it, and you gave more than $675,000, and totally blew my mind. Yeah, I was just like, when I got that text from Bobby, it was like, bam, you know? And I did, sorry for the years, but I did want to tell you, man, that was just so stinking cool. Thank you. Uh, I love it when I hear them sing with y'all. Isn't that cool? Yeah, man, when you step, step away from the mic sometimes and I get to hear them, I just think that's pretty awesome. Hey, we're going to do a, a, a teaching time today that is very, very cool. And um, I trust you'll join me in this study. Uh, we're going to hit two weeks in a row and uh, focus on this one thought, power routines. Every human I know has a routine, whether they built it or not. I know a lot of folks kind of, kind of stumbled into a routine and became their routine. Some of you guys are like super anal and you're like, okay, I'm building a routine. Some of us kind of, kind of get really freaked out and we, we, we build everything to a minute detail down to our calendar. And, but everybody I know has a routine of something. Everybody I know has, has some type of routine. Today and next week, I want to focus on how could we intentionally build a power routine into our life so that this year could become one of those years that you look back and say, the entire trajectory of my life changed and it all turned up. How could we intentionally do some things that would make an, a radical difference in our life? Now, to start on this, let me just stop and say, I know many of you right now have checked out and your thought is, I know what he's going to say. I know I've heard him before. I've already got it. But, it, but in these two weeks, I want to give you, basically, if, if you didn't hear anything else I said over the next year, I want to encourage you to grab these thoughts and place them in your head and your heart. And here's what I want to ask you to do. Would you use that pen that's in the seat back in front of you or the one you got to dig down into your purse or, guys, that one that you stole from church last week? Just go ahead and pull it out. And I want to encourage you to jot a few things down. Like, if I started asking, uh, how many of you know what I preached on three weeks ago, it'd be like, I don't know. But that's because we didn't write anything down. 
You know, study after study has said that at almost 90% of what is talked about in this room, you will forget before you get to your car. And another 8% will be done before your car gets to wherever you're going, meaning you might retain 2%, but if you're like the rest of Americans, that 2% will be gone by tomorrow. Now, part of that is the fault of the speaker, and part of that is the fault of us believing that God's got a word for us today that's worthy of writing something down or at least hitting the hot spots. So when we talk about a power routine, I want to make this so ridiculously simple that those of you that are already saying, I don't have any more time in my life. I've got no more margin left in my life. There's nothing left for me. I am done. Don't ask me to do one more thing, Chuck. One of the goals in, in 2018 is I'm not going to be so busy. Then this is especially for you. This is built specifically for you. Here's what I see as one of the great tragedies in the Christian life, and that is when we as followers of Jesus die with our best work still inside of us. One of the things that, that motivates me greatly is I'm 58 years old. No male on my side of the family ever lived past 75. If I look at that, then I've got 17 years to accomplish something in this life. And every morning when I open up my computer and see where Google opens up, the first thing I see is basically how many days, how many hours, how many minutes, how many seconds till I hit 75. And my thought is, one, I'm going to do everything I can in that time to beat that, that average, but also I want to make sure that I make a difference. I want to make sure that my life counted. And by the way, I want to personally succeed. I don't think any of you woke up this morning, looked in the mirror and says, I cannot wait to be a loser. I cannot wait to do better this year. I am totally satisfied with mediocre. I don't know anybody that said that. I mean, we often assume that the things that are great get done by people who, who possibly have some unique skill or some unbelievable talent or some uh, over-the-top physical skill. But the fact is, I believe it happens when people say good enough isn't good enough. I want all that God has for me. But now that that assumes something that's pretty powerful. It assumes that you actually believe that you can have a chat and a talk with the creator of the universe. Now think about this. If, if, your, if your belief system is basically, okay, prayers do not move the heart of God, there's nothing, I'm wasting my time, then basically everything I'm going to share with you today is specifically for you. The challenge for most of us is to actually believe that God, the creator and sustainer of all life, that he has a plan for you and he has made it where you can succeed wildly and the best work doesn't have to die with you. I truly believe that, that the studies that have been out over and over again, not in a Christian context, but across the American scope of life and all the different folks, all the different type of folks, all the different folks that are either Christian or non-Christian, every study comes together and says, when you build a regimen or a routine into your life, it can improve overall health, it can improve well-being, it will drastically improve productivity. Friend, listen, if every study in the world says building a routine makes a radical difference in your life, why would you not want that? And I, some of you are like, you know, Chuck, I just, I like things to be kind of loose. I kind of live my life out there on the edge. I kind of like to just kind of make it up as I go. Okay, got it. But you're, you're in a routine no matter how you approach it. 
Because everything is about a choice, right? I mean, you may choose to say, I don't care about the day. You, you could choose to say, well, you know what? I don't need some intentional direction. I got it all right here. Really? I mean, I'm 58. I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering what I ate for breakfast. And I think to, this, to myself, how you wake up each and every day and every morning, your routine or lack thereof dramatically affects your level of success in every single area of your life. All of it. Everybody has a routine. So when you get started every morning and you want to be energized, you want to be ready for the day, then you set an intentional course and direction for that day. According to neuroscientists, meditation, the time of spending time to collect your thoughts and get your heart and your mind in the, in the right direction, meditation does something overwhelming to our soul. Neuroscientists, meditation says that it physically changes the brain. There was an MRI study that was done on the brain from people who consistently meditate and those who do not. And in this research study, it revealed that experienced meditators, those who are specific and intentional about a time of meditation, had a thicker cortex than non-meditators. This was particularly true for brain areas that are associated with attention, interoception, and sensory processing. In other words, the way you function with life and in your interpersonal relations are greatly enhanced, whether it's five minutes or 50 minutes. That the simple act that you chose to take a minute and get your life headed in a direction says all of these things allow your brain to function far better than when you don't take that time. Now, maybe you call that margin. I call it meditation. Maybe you call that a quiet time. I call it a time in the Word. And when I look at this, I think to myself, wait a minute. Then if it helps me physically and it helps me mentally, and it helps me spiritually, and it helps me emotionally, why would I not want that? Now, if I were preaching today about the secret to winning the Powerball, you all would grab and be fighting for the pin in that seat saying, I want the clue because all, I've thought about what I could do with that money. I'd pay off the church debt. <laughs> and by the way, if you're asking today, well, Chuck, would you accept that? Are you crazy? Of course I would. Just, you know, don't gamble. I'm pulling for you. <laughs> but if I look at this and I think to myself, wait a minute, I could do all these things and my life could be greatly enhanced? You say, yeah, I'm all in, Chuck. I, I want 2018 to be an extraordinary year. Then let me give you a few power routines that might do that. Now, the umbrella under all those things, remember I started by saying you either believe you can chat with the divine or not. But this is where it gets wonderfully personal. As an umbrella, I believe that we find this passage where Jesus is talking, and Jesus says these words. He says, remain in me. Now, this term remain, many of your, many of your Bibles would translate this into a word called abide, which I love. Abide in me, and then it goes on and says, and I will abide or I will remain in you. Jesus saying, guys, if you'll leave this up for a little while, Jesus is saying, hey, that's cool. I see me in the corner. I didn't know he could do that. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Don't y'all think that's cool? I had no idea. I'm a little captivated right now. That's pretty cool. Way to go. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm back. 
Jesus says, if you'll remain with me, I'm going to remain with you. And Jesus is saying, listen, you make a choice. We get to every single day, every moment, we get to choose, I'm stepping into Jesus. I, I'm, I'm there. I am all, I have given everything I've got. I trust him. And he is saying, so I'm going to be with you and give you everything I got. Matter of fact, I'm going to give everything I already did. Now he goes on and says, not just remain in me and I will remain in you. He says, for a branch. Now, by the way, we are the branches, me and you, right? We're the branches. And it says, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. So get this. So we know that the vine is where we get all of our power. This is the power of Jesus. It's the power of God found in the vine. We are the branch. When we take and say as a branch, I want to separate my life from the vine, we step out of that and watch what happens. When we step out of that, we lose the presence of being able to abide and remain in the power of Jesus. And we're basically saying, I got this. I got my life. I don't need any divine help. I, don't, I, I can do all of this. And that's what we kind of look at and say, this is a man-made person. I, I can do everything. I don't need the help of the divine. But this text would say to us with great clarity that when we separate from the vine, bad things happen. What does it say? That we cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. And then he goes on and says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches, and those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, if you read it backwards, Jesus is saying, if you don't stay with me, if you don't start with me, if you don't stick with me, you can't do anything. Now, the anything, you'd say, well, Chuck, I'm still succeeding at work. I still pay my bills. I still am, I'm still killing it out there. Awesome. Jesus is saying, though, that you are not nearly scratching the surface of the potential that God has birthed in you for this one reason. You've chosen to be severed from the vine. And when you're severed from the vine, and it talks about no fruit, when I was a kid, even as a teenager, I thought, that makes no sense. Why do I do anything with fruit? And the picture really is that we're on this path toward this day, right? And so we're up in the morning, and we start our day. And there's a path behind us wherever we go. And in that path, wherever we go, we leave something behind us. Now, there are times we leave nothing. And there are times we leave bad stuff. And then there's times that we leave good fruit. So let's just assume you're on this path and you're heading out there tomorrow in the path, wherever you go, wherever your brain takes you, wherever your feet and your hands take you, you are leaving behind you in your path either destruction or health. You're leaving behind you either evil or glory. You're leaving behind you a path that follows to Jesus or not. Are you with me? And so we all are in the sense that we're in this path and if we don't abide, allowing him to abide in us, then this is what happens. We leave bad fruit. So the very first thing when we choose to have a power routine starts with its umbrella. It says, I'm going to abide in Christ. Now, abide is the same word over in John uh, when Jesus really, really first starts talking with the disciples. They ask him, where are you staying? And the word they're asking is, where do you reside? And that word is the same as the word abide used in our text. Remain, stay, needy, home, safe, base. Now listen, the, the thing is, when, when you're living in Christ and he and you, 
there's a certain path that we leave. And we get to see the fruit of that life. And often in my life, the fruit I leave is rotten. I can be sarcastic. I can be harsh. I can be mean. I can be quick-tempered. All those things I've mastered. And all those things leave bad fruit. When you pick up the apple, it's soft and rotten. And you take a bite and it's, ugh, you know? But now there are times when I get Jesus-centered in my life and I take the time and build margin in my meditation that the fruit I leave is far more greater than the times in which I'm just busting it and trying to do it on my own. I don't know about you, but one of the things 2018 represents for me is, Chuck, get your calendar, get your schedule, get your priorities under control and be consistent with it. If you remember last year when we did those rocks and you wrote one word and said, this is the thing I want to focus on this year. This past year I wrote, I want to be a courageous leader. Next week we're going to do these rocks again. And my word for this year, I want to be consistent in my life. I want to be consistent in the fruit that I leave behind me. I want the path that I walk on to matter, not just for the cause of Christ, yes. Not but because Jesus loved me enough to give his life, yes. But I also want to see, succeed wildly. I don't want to finish this year with something inside me that God has birthed that doesn't come out of me. And I believe in many of your lives, matter of fact, in all of your lives, God has birthed something, some purpose, rhyme, or reason for which you're here that he's wanting to call out of you. And many of us say, but I don't know what that is. And that's because we haven't built a season of meditation into our daily routine. And so I want to encourage you today because I want to unpack a little bit more before I get into these routines. I want to unpack a little bit more about what abiding is like. When we abide and we remain, we have the opportunity to stay, remain, and succeed. But it brings up three things when we think about abiding. Because I, I went forever not understanding this abide terminology, this remain thought. And I came out of here and I thought, these are the three things that abiding in Jesus really mean. They talk about connection, my connection to Christ and him and me. They talk about dependence, my desperate necessity to live in Christ, and the continuance that it's not for a season, it's for a life. And now it's for an eternity because he, is, he has invited me and accepted me into eternity because I trusted him with my life. By the way, none of these require your money, your church attendance, a mission trip, none of that. All of this is available to you completely free. All of it's available to you to just accept because it's all based on what Jesus has already done. He's already given his life that you might have life. He's already been buried and raised from the dead so you don't have to die. He's already done all that work. All you've got to do is accept it. This is the beauty of abiding. You can't earn your way onto the vine. You don't have enough fertilizer to spread to make you a successful branch. All you've got to choose to do is get attached to the branch. Get that connection. The connection is abiding to Jesus, and it means having a life-giving connection to him. Now, watch this. That connection goes both ways. There's a desperate need that we have, and there's a plan that he fulfills. There's a, there's a connection we have, and he connects us to his power. We have a prayer request we need, and he says, you have not because you ask not. Do you see this connection? It happens like this. It's, it's two ways, and it never stops. And that connection is what keeps us abiding in Christ, remaining in Christ. Now, you go to the second thought, and if it's not just connection. Now, it is dependent. Now, this is not two ways. 
There's nothing that you and I really offer Jesus. He has already done everything that we need that we might have life in abundance and life eternal. He's already done it. So when we look at dependence, our branch is connected to the vine, and it's connected in such a way that we realize we desperately need the vine. Have you ever been in a position where something had to happen so that you could get out of a mess? You ever been there? Somebody, something, something's got to deliver the goods or you are in a mess. And your prayer life is, God, I need you to deliver on this one. What you're saying is, God, I am thoroughly, completely dependent on you. The branch is saying, I need to stay connected. I need that because I am dependent on you. I've been there. I often stay there. Jenny can tell you, I, my stomach was in a wreck. I, I couldn't sleep. You know why? I wasn't trusting. About five weeks ago or four weeks ago, Jenny and I are talking, and literally the whole thing, the conversation is like this. Chuck, if somebody was in your office, a pastor of Sugar Hill Church, and it wasn't you, and they were saying, but how are we going to do this? How are we going to get there? And my thought was, I don't know. i got to meet with more people. i got to ask for more money. And she said, so you would do the opposite of what you preach. So you'd do the opposite. You would, you, you would meet more and pray less. You, you, would, you would set up more coffees, but, but you wouldn't spend that time trusting Jesus. Because you see, often in life, like I did, I, I took worry and fret and I severed the branch from the vine thinking, I got to do this. And you know what happened? Jesus once again said, you can't do this, but I can. You can't make this happen, but I will. You are not capable humanly for these results to occur, but I will. And all the while, Jesus is saying, now I just want you to continue that. Let that branch stay attached. Abiding involves continuance. To reside, to continue, to remain. Logic streams at me that we need to connect and depend and continue in the waves of Jesus. So let's drill down in a few daily power routines that might truly change the trajectory of your life. Now, if I've already lost you, come back here, all right? If I lost you in all that abide talk and you're already starting to write notes to sitting next to you about what you're going to eat for lunch, come back, all right? How many of y'all are guilty of that? Just fess up. Come on. <sighs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You lowly sinner, you. All right. I've always wanted to say that. That was cool. All right. Har! <laughs> Don't you want me to be one of those preachers at the end of every statement and go, ha! Isn't that cool? Don't you love those guys? I mean, you got to read your Bible. Ha! I, okay, it doesn't work here. But I want you to start your day with this one routine that I promise you radically changed my life. Start your routine with gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. I, I want you to know how powerful this is. You say, well, well Chuck, I, I don't... I just think that's not that big a deal. I mean, you know, I'm grateful. I'm breathing. You know, I had eggs and bacon. It's all good. And what I would say to you is this. is a big difference between grateful and displaying your gratitude. Okay, a study from the National Institute of Healthcare gave us this perspective that when we journal our gratitude, meaning we actually write it down, here's what happens in our life according to them. It says that we'll have lower stress levels, We'll feel calmer at night. We'll gain a new perspective of what, most is, what is 
important and focus on what really matters. We'll gain clarity on what your life needs and what you can cut from your life. And a gratitude journal helps you learn more about yourself and becoming more self-aware. I would say we all need those benefits. This, by the way, was not in a group of Christians. This was just average everyday Americans. Now, if we could do that by having an attitude of gratitude, imagine what a quantum leap that might give you in life. One of the most powerful ways that a follower of Jesus can abide is to take up the power routine of starting your day with gratitude. As a matter of fact, so here's a, here's a case in point. So Jenny and I, the other night, uh, we were riding downtown, and uh, Abby, our daughter, was going to, to the filming of that Kendrick Lamar halftime show for tomorrow night's game, Go Dogs. And in the middle of that, I don't know where that came from, but I think it's in my notes, or it was heaven sent, I'm not sure. But we had this kind of sense in our heart, man, we, we ought to ride down there. You know, you get a little funky downtown with a billion people in town. So sure enough, we got in our car, we drive back downtown, and we just ride around. And, and Jenny's reading the story of this rapper dude, Kendrick Lamar. And she started reading about how he'd come to faith in Christ and how he, he was professing his faith in Christ and how uh, he wanted to turn his life around. And, you know, I, I had just listened to, to a few of his songs on the way down there and thought, that doesn't sound like my kind of Christian, but okay. But then it hit me. I started yesterday with a sense of gratitude. I, I'm grateful that my girl was safe. You know what I'm grateful for? That I have no right to look into that guy's heart and determine how serious he was. And my thoughts were good for him. He, he, may, be my, he may be my neighbor in heaven. Kind of trusting the other side might, you know, might be like Blake Shelton, but you know, that's kind of balance it out. But you know what? When you start your day with gratitude, you get to see people for something more than just what everybody else sees. You get, you get to see things in a different light, and right then, strengthening and abiding and affirmation of all that Jesus has provided you, that, that first line of that doxology says, praise God from whom all blessings flow. So the first thing we do, we start with an attitude of gratitude. Now, the way I'm going to ask you to do this is just download the Sugar Hill Church app. Tomorrow morning, hit the button that says Power Routines. You're going to open up. It's going to ask you a question. What are you grateful for today? It's going to give you two lines. Guys, can you pull it up? Thanks. He's already there. And it says, uh, this is yesterday for me. Uh, it's getting warmer finally. See, most of you think this has to be Jesus talk, you know. Remember, Jesus knows what you're writing anyway, so you don't have to, like, make this stuff up. Like, go ahead and just be grateful for stuff, right? I was, I was grateful that our home has kept us warm. I, I love our home. And then the next one is a declaration. This is what I'm trusting God will give me this day, that I'd be focused, determined, and faith-filled. And you say, well, how long does that take? That's, that's about two minutes, maybe. You say, well, Chuck, what if I run out of stuff that I'm grateful for? Then let me ask you a question. Do you know for sure if you were to die, you go to heaven? Because I want to introduce you to Jesus. You see, when we give our life to Christ, He gives us His Holy Spirit to lead and direct our life. And when we trust the Holy Spirit in our life, He will always direct us toward those things that bring glory to Jesus. And being grateful is at the top of the list. 
And so we start every day with gratitude. We go straight from that to say, here's the declaration of the day. I've had days where I've said, I want to be a courageous leader. I've had days where I've said, I I want to be a passionate leader. I've had days where I've said, I want to be a compassionate leader. And I probably need to be that more. And I look at that and I think, how simple is this? But then right after that, I want to let the Word of God get into my life. Now, before, I, before you check out on me and you say, Chuck, I, just, I lost you through Leviticus, man. I can't go there. I get it. All right? I want to make it so simple for you. Jeremiah 15, 16, the Word comes from the Lord for him to write this down. And here's what he says, speaking to God, your words were found and I ate them. And your Word became to me the gladness and joy of my heart. So listen, here's the promise from God. If you'll let his word get into your life, when you abide, you and him and he and you, then the scriptures are not confounded and they don't confound you. Then the scriptures come alive in our life because the spirit of God is getting so much of that word in our life. It's doing what, it's the only thing that can do in your life what God promises to bring you the sense of joy and gladness. Listen, if we eat physical food, that's a lead term. The lag is what happens to us. You live every morning on donuts, then there's the lag is, okay, you're going to go on a diet. If you let it lead every morning with a healthy shake and some fruit, then your lag is a little better. What Jesus is saying is this, the lead for you to be happy and for you to be joy-filled and for you to be spirit-filled, he's saying on the front end, you got to get scripture into your life. So again, tomorrow morning, you open up the app, just like eating physical food, we have a return on it. Eating spiritual food gets us there as well. And the description that Jeremiah says, take that scripture tomorrow morning, Matthew 5, 38 to 42. Now I want to show you how quickly we can read this. Ready? Just read it with me. Here we go. You have heard, you're not saying it with me. I know some of y'all are cool, but come on. All right. You... Less than one minute, you read that. Flip the screen, guys. Now I want to give you a commentary that lets everybody know this is the central theme on this. And we get down to this and we recognize, wait a minute, that's about the same length as the Scripture, so i got another minute in there. I've read Scripture. I understand Scripture. Guys, flip to the next one. All right? Now I want to enter into what have I prayed for today. Now watch this. I know some of y'all expect that when, when prayer comes, it's like you're on your knees and you're weeping before God. And listen, sometimes that's the, that's the case. But more often than not, remember, you have an open line to chat with the creator and sustainer of the universe. Now, I want, I want to give you a perspective. Leave that slide up if you don't mind, fellas. I want to give you this perspective that there was another study by the National Institute of Healthcare Research. Listen to what they said in this study. Today, we're seeing seeing systematic investigations, clinical research, as well as positional statements from professional societies supporting this research, federal subsidies for, for the National Institute of Healthcare Research, 
funding from Congress, and here's what they say are the results. All of these studies, all the reports are remarkably consistent in suggesting the potential measurable health benefits associated with prayer and spiritual interventions. Now, that's not the church saying it, and it's certainly not the bastion of conservatism saying it. It's just saying you have personal, glorious health benefits in prayer. So you're saying, Chuck, wait a minute, I can be healthier when I pray? Exactly. You see, prayer isn't like a genie bottle that we rub on the side. Prayer is an open dialogue with the creator of the universe. So yesterday, my prayer was, God, would you be with Susan? I, I know she's winning in her battle with cancer today. I just know how hard that is. Would you give her strength? God, would you be with Glenda Grant? I know her mom passed away. She's traveling to Kentucky. God, would you be with our January finances? By the time we've all given in December, it usually falls off these three weeks and it's a disaster. And that was my prayer yesterday. Now, I added a few other things. You say, well, Chuck, you're the pastor. Didn't you pray for an hour? Are you kidding? I mean, listen, with, with my attention span, which is roughly a gnat, I have to pray with my eyes open and talk out loud. Otherwise, it's like, whoa. And I bet that's true for many of you. Many of us don't pray simply because when we close our eyes and all of a sudden our brain just goes 500 miles an hour. So this is one of the secrets I've learned. Keep my eyes open. Talk to God out loud. You say, well, wait a minute, Chuck, let me make sure I've got this. What you're saying is that you believe so strongly in the power found in these routines that if, if we were to craft these into our daily routines, that our life would be drastically better and the trajectory of our life would be so much better. And my answer is absolutely. I believe every promise in the Word of God says, when you decide to have an attitude of gratitude, declare the power of God in your life, let His Word saturate your soul and speak to Him and be willing to hear from Him, and you do all of that in less than 15 minutes, and you can do that, and the trajectory of your life radically change, why wouldn't you? And so we want to make this so ridiculously simple for you that when you open the app every day this week, go six straight days and commit to say, I'm going to follow this path. What am I grateful for today? I'm going to declare in the power of Jesus, this is my life today. I'm going to read this piece of scripture. Then I'm going to read that commentary so I can get it. And then I'm going to pray. And inside that time, for some of you, you can do it eight minutes. Some of you will do it in 20. Some of you will stretch it out to 30. Some of you will do it and you'll just do it. But I want to encourage you. When you decide to take Jesus and put him in the routine of your life, all is well. You say, well, Chuck, man, I, I got some serious stuff going on in my life. I know, I, I, I meet with y'all. Let me just be, be ridiculous. I, I got some junk going on in my life. Man, I got a daughter that's headed straight for divorce and it's breaking my heart. I'm trying to get two girls out of college. We've got three of them married off. Man, I, I pastor a church that I love, and it just kind of breaks my heart when I see lives that are just being destroyed by foolishness and stupidity. And you know, the, the key to surviving and even thriving for all that is this ability to say, I want to build enough margin in my life that I can give God 10 or 15 minutes, that I can start with an attitude of gratitude. I can declare with great authority that I'm going to do this in Jesus' power, and I'm going to take God's Word, and then I'm just going to pray. And if you're the kind of person that never does this kind of thing, okay, try it.
but give it long enough. Do, don't, don't do this get up tomorrow morning and expect you're going to win Powerball tomorrow night. I mean, don't be stupid. I mean, that's probably not said by many churches today. But guys, listen. Jesus is literally died so that you can talk with him. He literally has risen that you have this connection with him. Don't sever it. Strengthen it. Put these power routines into your life. Tomorrow morning, open up that app and hit daily routines. You say, well, well Chuck, are you, are you, is there a catch? Is there, are you selling something? Are you person? No. I'm, I'm just saying that I have learned in my life, when I build this into my life, the ability to follow and walk in the path of Jesus is so much simpler. So I urge you, I plead, I'm begging you, choose to take this on. This is personal discipleship at its finest, that I want to own my own life to grow more like Christ. I mean, this flyer has got 40-plus groups for adults. That's awesome. That'll strengthen you. That'll help you. Being in this room and being encouraged today, that'll help you. But here's the greatest encouragement I can give you. All these things I've just described, you can do this. You can do all this. And the power of Christ, you can do all of this. Why would you miss out on it? And the reason we would miss out on it is for whatever reason, we wouldn't actually believe it would make a difference. So if there's something going on in your life this day, and you say, man, the only way this gets fixed this year is through the power of Christ. Only God can do this. Only God can make that happen. Then this is your year to grab these power routines and watch it happen. But stop sitting in the stands of faith pulling for everybody else. Get on the field and play hard and choose to win and declare it in the power, in the name of Jesus. Lord, you're, you're going to do this and let him abide in you and you abide in him. God, thank you that today what we're keenly aware of is we can do nothing apart from you and we desperately need to remain and abide in you. God, that sense of desperation, would you call out of us first thing in the morning that we'd start with an attitude of gratitude? Just, God, we're, thank you. God, would you infuse folks watching online and folks in this room, infuse them with the power and the strength to be able to say, I need you. Let them start with gratitude. Let them declare what you're doing in their life tomorrow. God, let them read that passage in Matthew chapter 5, and then as they read what it's all about, let it just sink deep into the marrow of their bones and let it flow through the, to the blood of their life and let their soul be saturated with it. Give them a heart to, to speak openly to you, to, to take you at your word and just talk to you. Jesus, today, call our hearts to you and let us, it's not about our actions. We know, Lord, this is about our heart. This is about our willingness to, to say, Jesus, I, I need you. I can't do anything without you, but with you, all things are possible. So God, there's some folks in this room who need to settle their relationship with Jesus right now so that they can claim that tomorrow. 
God, give them the ability to do what you said. Just call on your name and say, Jesus, I need you. God, I pray you give them the strength to just, at the end of the service, just find me over in this meet and greet room and say hello. So that I might be able to help you as you move into this next stage of your life in loving and trusting Jesus. God, folks that are in this room have been saved for 20 years. Give them the ability to wake up in the morning with an attitude of gratitude and a passion to abide in you. Lord, we trust you in all these things. God, I pray we walk out of here in this life, in this day, might be well with our soul and our soul might be fueled with your encouragement that it is well with our soul. And would you do that in the name of Jesus? Amen. Let's worship.